Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. We are back after a spell on the sidelines and I'm delighted to say alongside me, uh, first of all, Vittorio Campanile joining us from a beach somewhere in uh, sunny Italy. How are you, sir? I'm melting. This is how I am. I'm really melting, but thanks for the invitation. Happy to be back. It's good to have you back, mate. I'm melting too. But I'm in the middle of London and it's a bit it's a bit crap, to be honest. It's not the same as uh, being on a nice Italian beach. Uh, also joining me uh, from the Players' Tribune, Tommy Milanese. How are you, sir? Mate, I'm very good and I'm, I'm so excited to be back here because you're going to introduce him now. But there is my man, my brother, Ale, who is the biggest expert of Serie A in the whole world. And I'm so excited to have him today. And have a little chat with our friend Vittorio. So you've talked our guest up a lot. So he has to now <laughs> deliver. Uh, Alessandro, welcome uh, to Simply Serie A, my friend. Alessandro is the uh, Italian uh, editor at 90 Min. Welcome uh, to the show, mate. Uh, how are you? No pressure for me after this introduction by Tommy. And no pressure because usually in Rome, we try to avoid the derby. It's, it's fine to have it twice per year. So now it will be every week. With Victoria, but it's fine. Nice to meet you and happy to be here, guys. <laughs> exactly that. We're going to have fireworks, hopefully, in uh, in the show uh, on a weekly basis. This is our season preview show, so we're going to be looking ahead uh, to the new season, which is just days away at the time of recording. We're going to be discussing some of the big clubs uh, and sharing some of our thoughts on them going into the new campaign. I think it will be rude of me not to start uh, with the current champions, Milan, who, of course, uh, won the title by two points last season, pipping Inter, their local rivals, uh, to the crown. Uh, Vittorio, there are a lot of people out there that don't think that Milan will repeat what they managed last season. People that I've spoken to anyway seem to feel that Inter will be stronger, that Juve, with another year under Allegri, might be a bit better than what was, quite frankly, a car crash season last time out that they managed to salvage right at the end by getting into the Champions League. What's your take, Vittorio, on Milan going into the new season? What have you made of their transfer business so far? Well, it's exactly what everybody thought last season, right? No one believed that Milan could make it because two years ago, Milan was in the same position and people said, ah, they're not going to make it. But instead, purely made a, a miracle. Uh, you can say that the Team is not perfect, but how they play, that's the difference. I mean, they, play, they played last year every single match thinking that one way or another, they're going to find a way to win, and they did. And I would say, and I'll say it till the end, that they deserve to win. Inter was probably a better team, but Milan find a way to win, and they deserve to win the Scudetto because at the end, they were the best match. Uh, Inter had a huge chance, and they missed it. Milan never, never made mistakes. Now, this summer was quite complicated because they sold the company, they started the transfer market very late. But, and I guess we're going to talk about this, pretty much all the top club had issue. I mean, Inter started the summer transfer very strong and then they stopped Juventus as well and so on. So I thought Milan started later, but they had a good squad. Uh, I like the signing they made. So I'm really looking forward to see what they have, what they will do this season. I think again, the biggest difference will be the Champions League. I think 
last year they drop out quite early from the Champions League and they focus on the Scudetto race. Inter did pretty much the same thing two years ago with Conte. So, you know, if one of the, these top team would drop from the Champions League, they will be focusing only on Serie A and that will be a huge advantage, especially this season where it will be from November, from now to November, very compressed, right? They're going to play every three days. So it's going to be really tough. Tommy, what's your take on Milan? Obviously, they've brought uh, Charles de Quetelare in uh, from Club Bruges. Uh, Junior Macias is someone uh, that they've uh, signed from Crotone as well. Florenzi, Divock Origi. What's your take on Milan? Are they in good enough shape to go on and retain the Scudetto next season? Mate, great pronunciation there. In, uh, in our other podcast with Ale, it took me about four episodes to learn the uh, Quetelare pronunciation. <laughs> uh, but you nailed it. So, so well done. But yeah, no, Milan, I'm very happy about it. I, if I was a Milan fan, I would be over the moon. Obviously, they've been building something with Maldini and Massara being sports directors. They have been so amazing in the last few years to build something and build it with the politic of not getting players that are already superstars, players that already have huge wages. Uh, all the players for Milan have um, are below a certain amount of weight, which obviously I don't remember, but it's not it's not too high. Um, and they, you know, they've been trying to develop young players, people like Tomori, which they bought, um, you know, a young player from the Premier League that wasn't playing. Kalulu, which they played, they, you know, they paid nothing for, and, and and took a little bit to develop. And then now it's probably going to be a starter for next season. So that politics has, has have been working because we saw the way they played last season. And it looks like this season, they've been, they're going to do, for the next season, they're going to do basically the same thing. And players like Adli, which maybe didn't make the front page quite as much as um, the Kitalari, but um, it's, been, it's been great in the friendly so far. It's been, uh, you know, a lot of creativity in, in, in those feet. Um, that, that is something that Milan maybe struggled a bit last season. Um, and, um, and yeah, so I think, I think that they've done a great transfer market. I think they will start next season stronger than the last season. Um, but at the same time, they do miss probably one more big signing, and that is to cover the, the position of Frank Kessy, which obviously is very difficult to replace. Um, Tonali has been doing a phenomenal job. I'm a big fan of Benacer, so I think uh, they're, not, they're not in trouble, certainly, but a player like Kessy, with his intensity uh, for defense attacking, obviously is very, very hard to replace. So... Um, to me, they are in a good position to kind of uh, repeat what they've done last season and, and either win or, or, or finish, in, you know, definitely up there. But if they manage to, to, to get a player who will replace Cassie with similar qualities, I think that would be amazing and that would put them in a really, really good position. I totally agree that the, the absence of Frank Cassie is going gonna, is gonna to be huge. And as you say, they, are, they do have alternative options uh, available to them, but are they at the same level? I think that they probably do need to go out and get someone before I would say that they're my favourites to win the Scudetto next season. Uh, Alessandro, what's your view uh, on Milan going into the campaign? Uh, I agree uh, with, as has been said by Victoria and Tommy, I believe uh, that for the past two seasons, uh, Maldini worked and has built uh, sense of belonging and identity uh, together with Pioli. I really uh, like the signing of the, the Kitelar, as Tommy said. Bravo. Um, because it, it remind, reminds me of the golden era of Serie A. 
a, a youngers, uh, a youngster player, a young talent uh, who who choose Syria over Premier League, for example. Uh, I think it's really important. I I like also the sign of, the signing of Ju, uh, sorry of Origi, and uh, I think that they will be there. As as Vittorio said, uh, nobody uh, expected Milan to win last season, but they deserved it, and they will defend it until last second. Absolutely. Um, just just back on that that signing of Charles de Ketelar de Ketelare. I'm not sure how we're supposed to say it, but. You mentioned there, Ale, that he chose Serie A over the Premier League. And and obviously that kind of, that's great for Serie A, right? The fact that a young player, at, you know, at the point where his career is about to really take off, has decided to go to Italy. But I would say that the problem is that it's still someone who's not quite peaked yet. And, and we, we probably need to get to a point in Serie A where players at 27, 28 are choosing to go to Italy over the Premier League. And also the options that were available to him in the Premier League were the likes of, from what I'm led to believe, Leeds United, which is not quite at the top end of the table. So be careful, be careful, (laughs) be careful. But the the point I'm trying to make is that it's great that we're getting young talents to the Serie A, but there's still work to be done, isn't there, before we're going to get 27, 28-year-olds at the peak of their powers opting to come to Italy instead of the Premier League, La Liga, maybe even the Bundesliga to a degree. Yeah, but uh, we should starting from from stadiums and and Vittorio can agree as a city uh, like Rome with two, two uh, of the biggest clubs in Syria like Rome and Lazio uh, are struggling to find a, a spot to build uh, their own stadium. And if you don't have, uh, if you cannot compete financially with Premier League, then it's impossible to yeah. sign. Uh, top players in 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 the in the best in the peak of their career. Mm. Yeah, right. yeah, we should do a podcast only on, about stadium in Italy because <laughs> that's a huge problem. But talking about De Ketelar, uh, it's been two years at least that his yeah. name was. I mean, I remember Lazio playing against uh, Club Bruges, and yeah. two years ago I said, if we sell Milinkovic, I want him now, and I was saying this two years ago. This player is so talented that, yeah, yeah, I don't care if he's 21, 22, 23. I mean, Messi was Messi even at 19 years old. So I, I love this sign. I really do. He's young, he's talented, and he comes to prove that he's ready to be a big star. So really, this is the type of signing of that Italian, Italian club should be doing. I, I know we're going to talk about Juventus, and I know we're going to talk about Pogba, but... I mean, I would have rather signed the Ketelar rather than Pogba. No offense, Pogba would be still a great player, etc. But that's the type of player you can keep for five, six years and will improve. Pogba is a great player, but do you think in three years' time he still will be a game changer? Not sure about that. You know, I, I think that, yeah. that's where we have to head. head. Well, yeah, this, this is like what I was saying. This is. The, the politics of Milan. They don't buy players that are ready and have huge salaries, huge fee agencies. They buy players that are be younger. Uh, well, <laughs> that, that, here's a different story. <laughs> Giroud. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, they, they, well, that's a different story. I mean, um, I, I don't think they, they would, you know, even like, even Dybala, for example, which is another player we're going to talk about. 
Yeah, I, 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 think... I was talking to Ale. Like, I thought before he was linked to Roma, I thought it would have been perfect for Milan because Milan mm-hmm. obviously was struggling with Brian Diaz in that position. And behind the player like Giroud and Origi would have been amazing. But, you know, his salary is just huge. He's a player that, you know, yeah. he want, he's one of the players that could consider himself bigger than the club. And that's, that's what they want to avoid. He plays like the Kittelard, which can cover different positions as well. He can play as a CAM instead of Brian Diaz. Play even as a striker or as a right midfielder instead of Messias. It's a perfect match for Milan. Just to go back, no. I think to win, you have to have youngster and experienced players. If, mm. if you are going to be like Ajax, you can win in the Netherlands, but you won't be able to win Serie A or go further in Champions League. So it makes totally sense to buy Ju and Ibrahimovic, the Ketelar, and all the other. Yeah, so, but I think yeah. those are different kind of That's examples. I mean, obviously, right? Ibrahimovic came at, what, 38? And obviously, his salary was... I mean, I don't know how much he earns, but there was no fee involved. His salary is not what it used to be. And he came more as a... Yeah, a balance to, to balance these young players and give some motivation and give, and give, give an example, lead by example to, to, to these youngsters. So that was a great example. But in signing people like Messias, Florenzi, Origi, they're still showing Milan that they understand that there needs to be a balance between youth and experience. It isn't just a bunch of 21-year-olds coming in this summer. Of course, mm-hmm. that is the main overriding kind of, you know, I guess it's, it's the main part of their strategy. But even still, they understand and recognize that they do need that balance within that squad. And I think that's what Pioli, for me, has done really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Pioli... Uh, is totally aligned with the club, with uh, with Maldini. Uh, they both agreed to uh, let Donnarumma go when showing showing the word Milan is over a player demanding for higher salary. And this this was really important. The, this was a, a really important step during this process. So where have you guys got Milan finishing next season then? I know you've all said that you think they can retain the Scudetto, but would you go as far as predicting them to finish first? Yeah, I, I take the responsibility. I, I say them first. <laughs> Tommy's done it, Vittorio. And I, and I would really like to see that as well. Well, honestly, I think the fight is going to be between Inter and Milan. I see Juventus a little bit yeah. below them. Yeah. Um, but, I agree, agree with, with Vittorio. I, I mean... So, go, sorry. Go, go uh, it, it depends on injury, a bit of luck, you know, those type of things. You cannot prevent them. But yeah, I think the level is that one, honestly. Yeah, they, they'll fight. Yeah, because uh, then, then we'll talk, we will talk about Juventus. I don't understand the strategy, for, for example, for Juventus. Uh, and yeah, I, I predict Milan and Inter fighting for the title. Oh, mate, you have to say one. Yeah, you, you, you guys are sitting on the yeah. fence. You're going to get splinters. <laughs> Who's going to win? Where are Milan going to finish? First or second? Second. 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 Oh. Vittorio? Simone Inzaghi will win this time. So I agree with Vittorio. You, oh, you, yeah, never, yeah. you can never see anywhere else uh, Roma and Lazio fan agree in this way, like me and Vittorio. <laughs> then, then let's see when we talk about Roma and Lazio. But okay. <laughs> what are we leaving before? Let's, <laughs> let's move on to Inter then, because um, obviously the big, big signing is, is the return of Romelu Lukaku. You know, they, they've almost had the kind of perfect deal. They let him go to Chelsea for a crazy amount of money and they've managed to bring him back just a year later. Um, 
Tommy, I'll come to you first on, on Inter. Vittorio mentioned Simone Inzaghi, a very good coach. Um, I thought that Inter would go on and win it last season, if I'm being honest, but it just didn't quite work for a number of reasons. How do you expect them to fare and what have you made of their summer so far? Yeah, last season, they they were definitely the favourites to win it. And it looked like it was it was going to happen at one point, but they just didn't have it enough at the, at the end. Maybe players were tired. Maybe, I don't know, there was something something that had, I don't know, but they, they, they were missing that, that last little effort at the end to, to do that extra step and win it. Um, in terms of this summer, in terms of transfers, obviously they started very well. Uh, you mentioned Lukaku, of course. He's, he's a player that, uh, well, he said he, he loves the club and, and the fans. I'm not sure how the fans reacted to, to his coming back. I see some that are very happy, some that are a bit more on the defensive. Um, but, but yeah, well, to be fair, like I said, they, they haven't done bad at all. Um, another player that not many people in mind, they, um, remember they signed is Mikitarian, which mm-hmm. I think he could do well. Obviously, he, he can play in the position of Chanonoglu, can play in behind them. I think uh, in an emergency situation, he can also play up front, potentially, in the, in the duo. Um, and, and then Skriniar, which looked like it was going to be gone for the whole summer, as of today, he's still in, and it, it doesn't look like he's living anymore. So that's very positive. Bastoni is another player that looked, at one point, it looked like it was, it was gone, um, but he stayed. So in, in, that, in, in that aspect, they've done very well at keeping um, all, all of the best players. Um, the only one that I think they're going to have an issue with is Ivan Perisic, who obviously is now is at Tottenham. And it's a phenomenal player, and he proved last season how he was. Re- he, he last season he was the best player of Inter. Obviously, Lautaro scored more goals than anyone, and and he's been very important as well. But Perisic was really the one making a difference, um, and I think that they didn't handle that very well, actually quite poorly. Because I'm pretty sure, obviously, we'll never know, but I'm pretty sure he wanted to stay if there had been the right offer for the contract. He probably would have stayed. Uh, instead. Uh, Inter took their time, they weren't sure, the offer wasn't quite um, what he wanted. And then another big, big club like Spurs came on and just got it. Uh, so now next season, they're going to have Gossens as a, as, a, as a starting player in that position, which is obviously a great player, but he's not, he's, he's not Perisic and he's also not in his best years probably anymore. He proved that uh, the last season with Atalanta and last season as well with Inter, it, it wasn't quite as decisive as, as other people might have expected. And the first choice after that, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, is Di Marco, which is a player I like, but obviously, you know, you need to be more, especially if he plays at 3-5-2 on, on, the, on the wing backs. Um, you know, after having Hakimi or from the other side, then, then left, and then last season, incredible Perisic, you need a little more. So that's, the, that's, that's a, where they're going to struggle a little bit. But other than that, I think they've done a good job. So if they can find a good replacement there. They'd be in a great position to find a Scudetto. Um, if not, I think they might struggle a little bit. But overall, I mean, I put them in second. So I think they'll be a strong contender. Ali, your thoughts on Inter? Uh, I want to see how they, they, re- they react on the starting eleven replacing Perisic. It was unbelievable last season. Uh, I'm quite confident about Di Marco, to be honest. I, f- for him, it's an important chance, and he, he needs to step up. Uh, Did you have fantasy football last season? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. He wasn't in my fantasy football, but 
which you uh, won. Let's remind everyone. Good quality, good quality. Let's see, let's see. Uh, Mikitarian, it's quality without doubt. Uh, Lukaku. We need to see also how the the things are changed between Lautaro and Lukaku because when when Lukaku left, uh, Lautaro was the second, no, in in the ranking. Now Lautaro is a is a leader of Inter, so we need to check. But um, if we look at the player, I believe they are a bit tired of of Milan. Interesting, Vittorio. You said a little bit earlier on, uh, Simone Inzaghi is going to win the Scudetto. He's a coach that you know all about, having seen him manage your team for a number of seasons. Tell us a little bit about remember. what the <laughs> tell us a little bit about what the differences are between the way that Inzaghi's side play football in comparison to Conte's? Because on paper, the formations look very similar, but there are differences. And how do you think Romelu Lukaku fits into Simone Inzaghi's side in comparison to the way he did in Antonio Conte's? Well, I think uh, they are slightly different. I mean, uh, Inzaghi like a little bit more counter-attack type of football, and he loves to have a number nine that scores a lot of goals. And usually with him, they do. So he did it with Chiro Mobile. He's going to do the same with, with Lukaku. I'm convinced about that. Uh, the biggest issue with Inzaghi is uh, that he starts really strong. But the second half of the season, he drops. And this happened exactly with Inter last year. I mean, Inter was top of the league around January and was dominating the league. And then Why do you think that apart. is, Vittorio? Sorry to cut you. Uh, Why do you think it is that he struggles in the second half? Because physical condition, he's not very good to prepare the team for the whole season. Uh, this happened five years with Lazio. The players change and every time in May, the team collapse. Uh, he tends to play always the same 11. And in modern football, you cannot do it. Especially if you're playing Champions League and Serie A, you have to rotate. And Inzaghi struggles a lot to rotate. He's very good to keep the team together, but he tends to play the same players all over again. And now, if you do the, like this, you arrive in February, April, March, with your top players done. They're really done. They, they cannot make any more. So this is the biggest issue with Inzaghi. I hope last year he learned the lesson and this year he will rotate a little bit more the players. Uh, as everybody was mentioning, obviously, uh, he doesn't have that many options in some position. Uh, so that's going to be the, the, the biggest issue. But, you know, for example, in front, he has Lukaku, Lataro, he has Silzeko, he has Sil Correa, thanks God. So, you know, he, he has a lot of options there. I'm not sure Skriniar will stay. That's a big question mark for me. I mean, if Paris Saint-Germain come knocks, knocking on the door with a good offer, I think he's gone. And so that will bring some concern there. They will have to hurry and sign some players. We hope they sign Acerpi, but you don't know. <laughs> so I, I think I think Inter is a good team. And I like the way Inzaghi play football because he's completely different from when he was a player. He's focused 24 hours a day on football, on tactics and things like that. But he needs to rotate a little bit more the players, like in every top club usually manager do. So that's that's the biggest difference between Antonio Conte. And be careful, because Antonio Conte is another manager who doesn't love to rotate that much, but he does it much more than Simone Inzaghi. So this is huge for me. 
Yeah, I think we've seen that in the Premier League, right, Tommy, with the way that Antonio Conte has gone out and signed players that he can rotate because they fit in his system. He's a very system-first manager, isn't he? Yeah, and he signed. He did. I mean, Spurs did a great transfer market this, this summer. Arguably one of the one of the best in Europe. But we saw um, a couple of days ago in the first game how the starting eleven was exactly the same as last season. So that shows you that with him, it takes a little bit of time for for transfers, new players to to adapt to his to style of play. And once they're in, yeah, like like with those guys, it's kind of hard to get them out. Um, this season is going to have to do it with the Champions League as well. And uh, I'm sorry, I know it might be a bit painful to hear that word, but Champions League uh, football and you know, <laughs> all, the, all the rest. So he was going to have to do it. But, you know, they bought players like Richarlison, which are very important, and he, he will want to play and, and, and many more. So I'll be editing that bit out, by the way. Just so <laughs> Is this the last episode with Tommy? Can I say goodbye to him? <laughs> yeah, say it's goodbye. He's out. Gone. Finished. <laughs> Just to give a bit of context, um, yeah, my, as you, you could probably tell, my, my team in Premier League is is Tottenham. I follow them quite closely. Seriously? So wow. Just, just to give that. a bit of context. Well, no, yeah. nobody else speaks well of Tottenham, Vittorio. It's only Tottenham <laughs> fans. So he, he gave it away. He gave it away. It's funny because all Juventus fans are so angry because Kuluzeski with Tottenham is a completely Bentancur. different play. Bentancur is a complete, well. Yeah, even him. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this last winter, everybody was saying, ah, Paratici has been paid by Juventus because exactly. he signed Kolusevski and uh, Bentacur, all that money wasted. And now everybody... Yeah, but first, he wasn't playing. Number two, he was playing way opposition. Of course, he wasn't, he wasn't performing. Same for Bentancur. He was playing as DM sitting in front of the defence. Like, that's not his position. You give him so much responsibility. That is, that's not the kind of player he is. Conte was, was very good to identify what kind of players they are and fit them perfectly into this system. And, and so, yeah, I mean, they still, they expected everyone, everyone's, um, they exceeded everyone's expectations, but at the same time, they were way out of position in Juventus. Mm. But, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to Juventus uh, in a moment, but I just want to quickly get from you guys then where you've got into finishing. Uh, we know that Tommy's got Milan to win the league. Ale and Vittorio both sat on the fence and said that the title race will be between Milan and Inter, but neither of them would. Oh, did you? First. Oh, so you both said first, Milan at first for both of you. So have you both got Inter second? No, 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 no. Inter first. Inter first for them too. Sorry. Okay. So you guys have got Inter first, Milan second. I thought you were joking when you said uh, Simone Inzaghi, but you were serious. Because, Because I'm not convinced Pioli will make it even this season. I was surprised that Pioli managed to keep the team focused till the end of the season so you know the year after you win there's a little bit of relaxing even though you have experienced player i think some of them will a little bit drop form more than form focus on the match maybe they will be more focusing on the champions league yeah. they will say we won the scudetto this time now let's focus on the champions league and unconsciously you will start dropping points Maybe, you know, against Monza or against a, another weaker team, instead of winning, like last year, you're going to drop points and get a draw. And suddenly you will find that Inter is three points ahead of you and it's going to be tough to recover. Exactly. I, do think, I do think the fact that Milan dropped out of the Champions League early last season was massive in them winning this Scudetto, like, uh, like huge, like more than people, yeah. more also, than Milan fans would admit. Also ending fourth in the group stage, and not qualifying for the Europa yeah. League was huge mm-hmm. because then uh, they wouldn't have had the the, ex- the roster 
for, for, yeah. for two competitions. I, I mean, I don't know if the other guys agree with me, but the biggest issue with the Italian team compared, for example, with Premier League is that now if you cannot compete for two competitions, if you want to win the Scudetto, you cannot make it to the Champions League. If you want to focus on the Champions League, you will drop points in the, in the Scudetto race. I think this is the problem with the Italian team. We don't have the roster so big like Premier League. Yes, so it, it, it's not a coincidence that Inter went out immediately with the Champions League and won the Scudetto. Milan did the same and won the Scudetto. I think. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, didn't Inter win the Scudetto that year? They also made it to the Europa League final. It was, is that right? Did they win that year? Or was it? Um, Oh, yeah, no, was, was no, it no, the year no, before? It was Juventus. Was okay. Juventus? Was the. There you go. Yeah. You're right then. Was the Saris one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, so we talk about this a lot in the Premier League the, the whole, you know, the fact that when you're in the Europa League, specifically, you play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. You haven't got. Yeah, an awful lot of time well. in between those two games. Yeah, I do know it very well, but you would know it even better because Spurs have still been in the Europa more times than Arsenal. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's got a bite out of me already. It's only taken him 29 minutes. But the point I'm trying to make is, do you think that that's as big a deal in Italy? Because a lot of the games are on Sundays in Italy anyway, more so than the Premier League. So is that as big of a factor for a Serie A side as it is for a Premier League side? If you have... If you can rely on 14, 15 players, yes, it's a big issue. Mm. And, and Sari said it last year when he was Lazio manager. He said it's very complicated if you play on Thursday and on Sunday, especially because, for example, Lazio last year wasn't very lucky. They played every time they played the Europe League on Sunday and never on Monday. So sometimes, especially in Europe League, you can play against, I don't know, Norwegian team uh, Russian team and things like that. So even the flight is very long. You maybe play at 9 o'clock on Thursday. You get back in Rome Friday afternoon. So you lost even a day of recovery. And Saturday, you're already training for the match that you have on Sunday. So, you know, you don't have time to rest and to regroup. So it's tough. Too much of a quick turnaround. Um, let's move on to Juve then. Uh, I, I said at the top of the show that they just about got into the Champions League. And I, and I say that because they actually failed to win in three of their last five games. Um, and it looked as though somebody, well, Lazio, but they weren't good enough to do it, might have been able to kind of pit them to it. Roma weren't a million miles behind either. Um, Allegri didn't really work last season, uh, Tommy. It, it just didn't work. And, you know, you look at some of the business that they're doing, you know, with there's talk of more players leaving this summer as well. I just don't really know what to make of Juve at the moment. How are you feeling about them going into the new season? I think it's a tough one. I think Juventus is the dif most difficult one of, of the top teams to, um, to predict, to read, to read yeah. Uh, because yeah, the, the summer's been interesting, a bit weird, I would say. So obviously, we, we talked about Pogba, which is, is you know, is, is still is not old, right? He's not old, and he's a player that can still make a difference, especially in this area when you know his physicality, for example, it would be a, a huge factor. So I think he's still a player that can make the difference in a team like Juventus, because obviously they also struggled in midfield a bit in the last few years. But again, he's injured now. He might be off for two or three months. Um, then another player like Di Maria. I'm a huge fan of Di Maria. I yeah. really, really like him. But at the same time, he is coming at a stage in his career that he's going to be motivated enough to 
play with his heart because that's what Juventus needs after having a disappointing season. Uh, they need players to really step up and do that extra, extra, extra bit to get back to where they belong. Will Di Maria put, put you know, put his all in, in put, put his heart in this team? I don't know, but he's, he's still a great player. So I would say that he's definitely um, uh, one of one of the positives for the summer. Another weird one would be uh, Bremer, obviously, because the lead mm. went away and they got Bremer. Bremer was the best defender in Serie A last season, so in, in theory. On paper, it should be a good. It's a good signing to replace him, but at the same time, will he adapt to this formation? The the you know with the four at the back, um, he played he played yesterday against Atletico Madrid in a friendly, and he was. I mean, I know friendlies they don't mean anything. Uh, we, we saw that so many times, but he was dreadful. Um, but again, it was, it was one of the first games. It's, you know, no drama. It, w- it will definitely take him some time to adapt, um, but it would be key. It would be absolutely key, Bremer, because obviously in a summer where Chiellini and Elite are leaving you and you bring on a player like Bremer, he has a lot of responsibilities on his shoulders. And if he, if he doesn't step up, if, if he's not a good signing, if he doesn't, if he takes too much time to adapt, then it's all, it's all on Bonucci's shoulders, which I mean, you know, he's also not in the best stage of his career. So I feel like Juventus next season will struggle defensively again, like they did like the last season. Um, and, and, and the rest of the team, to be fair, I can't really see what their first team would be now. The first 11, the first, the first few games, Pogba's injured, so maybe some young players like Fajoli will start. I don't know. I, don't, I, still, I feel like they still don't have that, that an identity um, and they're not quite a team. And I don't think Allegri, to be fair, figured it out so much after, after last season. So they're not favourites for me and they're going to struggle, I think. Vittorio, uh, you mentioned Pogba earlier. Tommy mentioned him just then. I actually, when I heard about him rejoining Juventus, I thought this is a really good signing for Juventus. Uh, free transfer, a player that's proven himself in this league before. I think in the Premier League, got a really hard time from pundits and critics and was someone who you know, was always looked at as the root cause of Manchester United's problems when maybe he was a part of it, but he certainly wasn't the only problem there. You can see that now. If you saw their game at the weekend just gone, they're still a mess. Yeah, but obviously he's suffered this injury. That, like it's, it's a real blow for Allegri going into the season, isn't it? Because he would have been delighted with the acquisition of Paul Pogba this time around. Not only. Allegri said he's upset because Pogba decided to not have surgery. He's going to wait five weeks, if I'm not wrong. So Because obviously he doesn't want to miss the World Cup, right? Makes sense for a player. I mean, who wants to miss the World Cup? With the surgery, it's over. It's done. But this can create issue with Juventus because maybe he's going to wait five weeks and then maybe he will need the surgery. So Juventus will miss him for five months. Who knows? But obviously, uh, getting Pogba for free is a huge signing. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, and as you were mentioning, having him back in a league where he made the difference is huge. Um, so that's a great signing. One thing that we have to mention about Juventus, I don't think they're done yet. I think they're going to sign other players. Let's, think, let's remember, the season is starting this weekend, but the summer transfer is ending the 1st of September. So there is two weeks to sign other players, and I believe Juventus will make it. But Tommy mentioned it a little bit. I think the biggest issue, the biggest issue of Juventus is the manager. We were, last year, everybody was convinced Allegri is back. They're going to win Scudetto all over again, etc., I think Allegri is updated. We need Allegri 2.0 now because his football is gone. 
he's so old. I mean, football evolved and he didn't follow it. So I think that's the biggest issue Juventus have. Um, they lost Chesney again, 20 days out, I think. He, he got yeah. injured. So, you know, I mean, the season still have to start. And Juventus is uh, already with a lot of players uh, out of injury. So it's going to be difficult for them. For sure. Uh, Ali, what's your take? I, I saw you nodding your head there. Uh, do you agree with the, the Allegri talk? Because it certainly didn't work last season, did it? It was a yeah. bit of a car crash. Uh, Juventus uh, fans and clubs uh, were blaming Sarri after he won the Scudetto. And he didn't, uh, they, they didn't give, the, give him the, the time to, to prove and to change the things. Because if you, if you sign a manager like Sarri, you need to give him time. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's pointless. Uh, Juventus Pirlo was better, in my opinion, than the Allegri's one, at least in terms of, of, of game. Uh, we were talking after, after Allegri rejoined Juventus, okay, they will fight for the title, but uh, they, they really struggle. Uh, in, in my opinion, I agree with, with Vittorio, uh, Roma and Lazio didn't have the power on the, on the roster to, to fight with Juventus, especially because they signed Blavich in January, for example. And they, they, they both played in, in, on Thursday in, in, in Europe. But uh, Allegri, uh, when left Juventus, they, they remember Allegri like the one who brought them uh, for in, in Champions League final twice. And then they went, they, they, they were eliminated by Villarreal. Uh, and it was a, a shame, to be honest, because if you are Juventus, you cannot go out against Villarreal. You cannot go out against Porto. So uh, at the beginning of this transfer window, I was uh, impressed because if you sign uh, Pogba and Di Maria uh, for free, you, you, you're showing power. Then basically you steal uh, Bremer to enter uh, uh, a direct opponent. Now, I don't know, because the, the, especially the level of the midfielder, it's it's not too competitive if we compare it yeah. with with uh, a Milan and Inter. But if if Lazio keeps Milinkovic Savic as expected, Lazio has the best midfielder in 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 Syria. If Lazio keeps Luis Alberto, why? I mean, I know Lazio fans are against Luis Alberto right now. But if if we talk about quality, I. At, as, as today, I wouldn't ex- exchange my, my midfielder, the, the Roma's one with Juventus one. Yeah, and of course, um, you know, y- you look at that side and you just don't know what it's going to look like, as Tommy alluded to. You know, we're hearing that Adrian Rabio could be on his way to Manchester United as well. That's another player that's going to move on. Artur is somebody that's been linked with a move away all summer, whether that will materialise. We don't quite know just yet. Just wanted to get your thoughts quickly, though, guys, on, on Federico Chiesa. When is he expected back and, and could he make a difference? Because he's an explosive footballer. He really is something special. And I think they really missed him after he picked up that horrendous injury. Yeah, he could be, he could be the best new signing, if you want to call him that way, for Juventus. Yeah. When is expected back? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's going to be another month and a bit, right? Another five weeks, maybe. So... Potentially, um, 
potentially at the end of September should 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 be back um, and starting. Uh, obviously, obviously we don't know, but I think that's what the newspapers are saying. Yeah. Um, if he can do the whole season fit, he will be huge. He will be. He, I'm a huge fan of Chiesa. To me, is is the best Italian player at the moment. Yeah. Um, when fit, obviously, and he will walk in into into basically any team in the world, in my, in my opinion. Um, and you know what? Having Vlaovic from the beginning of the season, because um, you know people, the guys mentioned he joined in January and he did pretty well to adapt to to, to a different, very different style of play. But having him from the beginning of the season, it will be a huge factor. If you can put him and Kiesa together, and Di Maria, of course, which as I, I mentioned, he might not be in his best stage of his career, but still a phenomenal player. I mean, mm. the attack can finally be a, a decisive thing for Juventus and a, and a, and a big. You know, a big factor, uh, but yeah, all the other all the other bits like midfield and, and defense that we mentioned, they also need to be sorted because obviously you can't just rely on on, on attack, especially the way Allegri plays. Go on, Ali. Did you can say yeah. something? Yeah, I mean, uh, we need also to to see how uh, he he will recover because when you suffer an injury like the the one he suffered. Uh, also, the, the mental aspect is involved, you know. Uh, you mm. can see we, with Zaniolo, at the beginning, he was a bit scared to, to stay on the pitch. Uh, if uh, Chiesa back as his, as his level, like, can, can still improve him, then play in to, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's a great point. You don't know what fitness level he's going to be at when he returns and you don't know how long it's going to take him to get back into full flow. It's a very difficult injury, uh, those cruciate ligament injuries to uh, recover from. Um, where are we putting Juve then? Uh, I'll come to you first, Tommy. So to me, fourth. Just fourth. about just about Champions League. Ali? Third. Vittorio? I think third could be an option because I believe they're going to do something from here and till the end of the transfer market. They have to. Okay, so we've got two thirds and a fourth. Let's move on then uh, to Roma. And what I'm going to do to have a little bit of fun here is I'm going to get let Vittorio go first on Roma <laughs> and then Ale can respond and we'll do it vice versa the other way around. So Vittorio, <laughs> fire away on Jose Mourinho's Roma. Well, Roma is the, the, is the club that at the moment did the best transfer market. They, they sign uh, three good players, and uh, they, they are the team that improved more in the Serie A, unfortunately. Uh, of course, you can say that there are question marks, but, I mean, Dybala was considered one of the best players of Juventus. Uh, Inter was close to signing him, and he finished to Roma. So I think he has a chip on the shoulder. He wants to prove everybody wrong. Uh, fans already adore him. So, you know, that makes uh, a huge signing and a huge improvement to the club, especially because I don't see Zaniolo leaving now. So, you know, Abraham, Zaniolo, Dybala, it's a very interesting uh, uh, attacking trio for a Serie A club. So that's a good sign. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Matic, but knowing Mourinho, he will make it work. So again, that's a, that's a good move. Uh, when I do, uh, I mean, he... He, he was one of the key players of uh, Liverpool's uh, two years ago with Klopp. Uh, he didn't play that much last year, but you know you cannot say that that's a bad signing. I mean, you should be crazy to say that. You got two players, these three players for free, free transfer. So that's huge. Uh, they're going to sign Belotti probably. 
I don't know why Belotti is going there because I don't think he's going to play a lot. But that's a huge signing for Roma. If anything happens to Abraham, that's a huge signing. Um, probably they need a central defender, but it looks like they're going to sign a central defender from Manchester United. So uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned because it's Roma and uh, they, they improve a lot. I think they're going to finish fourth. I think they're slightly behind Inter and Milan. And I hope Juventus is going to sign some player to improve the roster. But otherwise, I think Roma is the clear favourite for the last and, uh, spot for the Champions League this season. Go on, Ali. Have a uh, go back. Uh, how can I start? Uh, I'm quite lucky. My I have a wood table, so I'm touching, <laughs> I'm touching wood. Um, I mean, as a, as a fan, uh, it's impressive, you know? It's probably the best a transfer window of in, in years for, for Roma. Uh, last season, we struggled with players because a lot of players uh, weren't enough for, for Mourinho, like, for example, Villar. Now, I loved Villar, for example. Uh, Borja Mayoral now is trying to, uh, to rely on more players. He signed uh, Selic to replace Kasdorp, uh, Matic, is a is its player basically uh then uh Wijnaldum and Dybala what to say if you're Roma and sign Wijnaldum and Dybala you cannot be happy uh and um and then uh, uh Belotti is the one who I would love the most I was talking with with Tommy uh last week and I was telling Belotti is the one who proves you are going in the right direction because if you conv- convince Belotti to, to sign for you, even though he knows he won't play a lot of games, then you, you can fight and I hope we can fight to, to go back in, in Champions League. But I, I, I can, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in doubt if Vittorio is a Lazio fan now because his analysis is perfect. <laughs> can I can I just throw something in there uh, and you can you can take this on Tommy I don't think Roma's transfer window is as good as people are making it out to be I look at those players I look at Jorginho Vijnaldum this is not the Jorginho Vijnaldum of Liverpool a lot of time has passed and he's been a bit part at Paris Saint-Germain and I don't think that there's a guarantee that he comes in and is as impactful I don't think Nemanja Matic is, is worth bringing in. I think that is Mourinho signing his friends. And, you know, yes, he's going to come in and give you a bit of experience and a bit of stability, maybe from time to time. But I don't think that's how you build moving forward. Paolo Dybala is, is the one signing for me that I look at and say, yes, you know, I would have done this. But again, there are concerns over his fitness. And are Roma investing a lot of money in him in terms of wages and salary? And does that handicap them? in other areas. And as for Zeki Celik, I'm not sure he's a great defender. I know that my club, Arsenal, were heavily linked with him a couple of years ago and I looked into him a lot back then and I didn't think he was he was quite the right guy. So, I mean, Tommy, tell me if I'm being harsh. Ale, tell me if I'm being harsh. Vittorio, tell me if I'm being harsh. But I don't look at this window and think it's as great as as people make it out to be. My yeah, ambulance is coming to get you. Can I start? You look like more Lazio fan than Vittorio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you are looking at Serie A with Premier League guys. Serie A's level is not the Premier League ones. For this reason, maybe 
Jorginho Wijnaldum cannot be good for, for Premier League, but I believe for Serie A, still a really, really good player. But I'm not looking at it through Premier League eyes. What I'm, what I'm looking at is what I think a lot of the Serie A clubs miss as somebody who looks at it from the outside is doing what Milan are doing. Okay, Milan are, the, uh, are a side who are building. They are building something. In five, six years' time, you would hope that Milan would be in a, a really good position whereby the young players that they're building around and developing, they will be able to sell on for big amounts of money and but bridge Harry, the gap financially between themselves and some of the other big clubs but, in Europe. But, on, but Harry, you are talking about Jose Mourinho. You know, he's a win-today mentality. You know yeah. that Mourinho won't stay long in a club. This is the final year of Mourinho at Roma. This is the peak for Mourinho. Usually, year two of Mourinho is the top, right? He knows he wants the player to win today. He doesn't care in four years' time. He's not going to be at the club, right? So he's trying to win now. And this is what Mourinho did with Inter, with every club, right? He doesn't sign youngster. He signed mature player ready to win today. This is Jose Mourinho. And we know year two, and this is my concern, is the best year of Mourinho. So he, he has been lucky to find a club that will spend heavy money to get these players. Uh, he wants to win today, not in two years' time. So yes, I agree with you saying that they're not building. But if they win the Scudetto this year, who cares about building, right? Roma fans will, <laughs> will celebrate for the next 10 years. I mean, they won the Conference League. And now, you know, there's, in Italy, there was the, the thing about, the, I don't know if you see it, uh, Ancelotti training Real Madrid the day of the Champions League final, saying, guys, it's not a conference league, but it's still a final, right? Let's try to win it. I mean, if Roma wins the Scudetto, they will be celebrating for 10 years. Who cares that in two years' time the, the, they will be... And Vittorio is going to relocate to yeah, the Caribbean. I mean, I mean <laughs> of course. So, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but it, if you have Allegri, you know what type of players and what type of football you're getting. If you have Mourinho, you know what type of football they, he wants and what he wants. I mean, it makes sense to me. And I think they have a good team. Then, obviously, if you're right, you have a free meal in Rome whenever you want. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to go that way. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to win the Scudetto. I don't think they have a chance to win the Scudetto. And I'm so sure of that, that I will donate £100 to a charity of you guys' choice if they win the Scudetto. Because it's not going to happen. And, and you're right, Vittorio, about Mourinho being short-term. This, for me, though, is why the Serie A has fallen behind in comparison to some of the other leagues. Because of that very short-term outlook all of the time. You know, yes, it's about winning now. It's about winning now. That's why what Milan are doing deserves so much praise and so much credit. Because they are building for the future. And somebody like De Ketela, for example, they might sell him for 50, 60 million pounds in three or four years' time. And all of a sudden, that disparity between them and some of the other cl big clubs in Europe closes and they get closer. But to yeah. always sign... It's like there's a group of clubs that just go around signing pensioners. Nemanja Matic. Uh, I know. agree with you. I agree with you. But then Inter is the same thing. They sign Lukaku. He's not a youngster. And, and the problem is what we said before. Stadium. In Italy, Juventus is the only big club, the only big club that has their own stadium. And in fact, Juventus was the only club to reach the Champions League twice. Then they made mistakes. They signed Cristiano Ronaldo. They, they wasted a lot of money. 
But that's the thing. I mean, if Roma win the Scudetto this year, they will get some money and they will keep going a little bit. But even if Milan doesn't build the stadium like they won't be able to do, I mean, okay, they sell the Ketelar, 50 million euros. Liverpool has 300 million euros to spend. I mean, you have to sell eight the Ketelar to be able to do the same thing as them. The stadium, the stadium and the international marketing. This is what's missing to Italian club. So, you know, if you want to have the chance to win today, probably you have to do like Roman Inter doing. Go on, Tommy. I know you wanted to ask. I'm sorry I cut across you. I, I just, I, I really don't like the Mourinho approach. I, I don't think it works any more anywhere. And I think we've seen that over the last few years. Go on, Tommy. Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate. And, and I mean, I can see your point, Harry. And I agree that it's a bit risky for Roma because if they don't win this year, and by, by win, I mean, they don't reach top four, they don't win the Europa mm-hmm. League, it's risky because they have players like Matic and Ronaldo in your books. And also Dybala. I mean, we all agree there's a phenomenal signing, but the terms of his contract are particular. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there is a, a release clause of 20 million, which is very low, which, by the way, he'll keep 10, 50% of that. So 10 million will go directly to him and the rest of the club, which is basically a way of saying, yes, I'm committing to Roma, but at the same time, I have an escape route very easily. So if Roma have a very bad season, which I don't think they will, but if they do, then the ball is going to go, probably. Uh, players like Wijnaldum and Matic, they're going to stay in their books with a high salary for a few years. And Mourinho might leave as well. So you have to restart again, having spent so much money this summer and the last summer, and you know um, the momentum will be completely gone. So it's risky. But at the same time, if you look at the other side, if the, if the risk pays off, it's a very good... You know, it's a very good time to be yeah. a Roma fan. There are things like uh, the the contract with Adidas, which is rumored to start from next season, which will bring many more, you know, much more money. The stadium that Vittorio mentioned plenty of times. I don't, I don't really know what the situation is, but it looks like, correct me if I'm wrong again, but it looks like next year is probably, it's probably the closest they've ever been to actually doing it. I don't know if they will do it or not. Uh, so, I think the first year of Garcia, probably. Okay, in the last know, time. It looks like they're fairly close, though. Yeah. It, looks like, it looks like there's a movement. So if they do win this, this year, season, about win again, I don't mean win the Scudetto, but qualify top four, maybe do yeah. well in the in, in Europa League, then they can actually start a momentum that with this, all these other, Dybala will probably renew his contract to better terms. Uh, you know, they can, they can potentially sign other players that be younger, maybe, and, and kind of, you know, bring the club forward. So I think Roma is taking a big risk. That if it, it, this season is going to be very important for the next three, four. Yeah. Ali, I let you have the final word on Roma as you are our resident Roma man. Am I being harsh? Am I being unfair? Do you agree with the guys? What's your thoughts? I agree with the guys. Uh, I know. Uh, I understand your feeling about Jose Mourinho because when he arrived, uh, I, I was in doubt, to be honest. Uh, if last year, you would have asked me, uh, sorry, Mourinho, I would have said probably sorry, because it's, it, it fits better than Mourinho in Roma, you know? Roma always played a, a, good, a good game. Now, Vittorio disagree, because he, he obviously wants it. Sorry for him, I understand. But with sorry, you can, as you say, you can build. Then he came in the first year, Maybe uh, from an external point of view, it's not a great success. But we were playing 
the conference league and we won it. And for us, for, for, for me, it's huge because we never won, because we lost in our history uh, knock-knock stages with weakest team than, than, than us. So it's important to start. Then obviously you hope you want to see how they will perform these years in the, in, in the Europe, Europa League. And uh, it's a risk, but when you, um, uh, to, to be honest, to, to make you understand, uh, be a Roma manager, is, it's like be a Real Madrid manager without Real Madrid trophy. That's the pressure, you know? I, I don't know how, because Vittorio can tell, there are 10 radios every day talking about Roma every day. And uh, it's, it's a complicated matter. You need to coach the press, you need to coach the fans, you need to coach the city. And probably Mourinho is the best man to do it. Interesting. I, I see Mourinho is the perfect manager for Roma because when he lose, at least last, last year, it was always the ref problem and Roma fans adore that. So Roma, <laughs> Ro, Roma didn't lose. It was always the ref. Every, every yes. match Roma lost, it was the ref. Mourinho is perfect for that. It's never his fault. But he win the conference. I mean, it, it was 13 years, 14 years, Roma didn't win nothing. So what can you say about Mourinho? I mean, he's perfect for Roma. And I totally agree with, the, with that. I mean, he's the perfect manager. Uh, again, I don't know how long will it last because he usually lasts three years in a club. But I mean, what he did much better than Spalletti, uh, Garcia and so on. So, you know, I, I think it makes perfect sense for Roma to sign him. And the fans adore him. You know, if, if you say, I mean, Milan, Roma lost against Milan last year and Mourinho said, ah, the ref was terrible. Uh, we didn't have a penalty. The Milan goal was, uh, wasn't was a goal. It was should have been disallowed. It wasn't true. But if you talk with every Roma fans, he agreed with Mourinho. So, you know, he's, he's very good in that. Even when he was at Inter, it was the same thing. He would never lose. It was always the, the ref prop issue. Always the ref making mistakes. So, <laughs> so he fits in well there then. <laughs> I think so. Where, where well, are we going? You can... You can you can say pretty much every Italian club, to be honest, but Roma probably is the best after Napoli. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going in terms of uh, Roma's finish next season? Uh, Ale, let's come to you for your prediction. I'm touching wood and say fourth. Fourth. Tommy? To me, I said this is going to be a risk. It could either go very well or very bad. And to me, it will pay off eventually. So I'll put them at third. Um, third. Quickly. So, so above, Just quickly. Uh, I'll you were. And one quick shout, just to finish on Roma, another decisive um, factor for me would be Spinazzola playing, well, hopefully for him, the whole season. Because mm -hmm. Zaleski has been amazing, but Spinazzola at the Euros was the best fullback in, in, in the Euros in the competition. I'm a huge fan of him, so I feel like he, he's great for, for Mourinho to be another decisive, decisive factor, if he can stay fit. Vittorio. I say fourth. I think fourth. You went, it would be Inter, Milan, Juventus, Roma. Okay, let's move on to your side then, uh, Lazio, and we're going to give Ale the uh, first uh, say on uh, Lazio. Take uh, uh, take your shot. I'm I'm always scared when Lazio starts the season with no pressure. The second Sarri season, so he had time last year to transmit uh, his ideas. They keep Milinkovic Savic. Best midfielder in Syria, 
they have Chiri Mobile, 20 goals guaranteed. If they Zakan is a good player, I have doubts. I I, I don't know uh, the 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 young uh, central defender, but Romagnoli, it's really important. I mean they they know the fact he started the career with Roma. Now he's a legend because he decided to to accept Lazio offer despite was uh, lower than the Fulham's one. Correct me if I'm wrong, Vittorio. And yep. he decided to do it to wear the Lazio jersey. So it's important for them. He, he, he took the jersey 13, so like the, the legend Alessandro Nesta. Um, now I want to see how they end with Luis Alberto because I, from what I understood, there is not good relationship with with within Sarian between Sarian and Luis Alberto. So I want to check. But if they, if they can convince Luis Alberto to stay and give his hundred percent to the cause, then what 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 do you want to say? Uh, they signed Mar- Marcos Antonio, interesting from 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 the Shakhtar, so it's quality in the middle, and Sari always needs the quality. I'm always scared because we are putting the attention and the pressure all in one side in Rome this year, but we need to see. We need to see. Vittorio, I'm starting to wonder... For me at the moment, Lazio is ahead of Napoli because I don't understand what Napoli are doing, to be honest. And Lazio kept his quality, adding crucial player to the system i i want to see i want i'm curious to be honest what's going on with you two you're both being so nice about each other's teams uh, i feel like i told you this is here. the wrong season unfortunately <laughs> i mean on, last this... year would it would have been much better to talk about roma even two years ago would be great this season i'm very scared yeah. uh, I'm, I'm 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 a big fan of milinkovic despite i mean who if somebody supporting Roma tell you Milinkovic is not a good player, he's not a great player, don't talk with him. And uh, despite uh, what has been said regarding Immobile in Serie A, is a guarantee. Yeah. 20 goals per season. What do you need to say? I'll try to sign him in my fantasy football. <laughs> Vittorio, your thoughts on, on Lazio's campaign? This was a very uh, difficult summer transfer for Lazio. They lost Leiva, they lost two goalkeepers, they lost Acerbi. He's in the squad, but he's not playing. So I was really concerned going forward. Uh, instead, I think this has been the best summer transfer of the Lutito era, so in the last 19 years or, or so. I love the fact that Lazio gone the opposite road to a lot of other teams. We sign a lot of youngsters. Marcos Antonio is 22. Gila is 20. Uh, Maximiliano, our goalkeeper, is 23. Um, Cancellieri is 20. We, we, we move from the oldest team in Serie A to one of the youngest. So that's something I really love about the summer transfer. Uh, we both youngster and talented. So this is looking forward. is really interesting and I love a lot, a lot, a lot of this. But... We don't have a Vice Immobile. Vice Immobile is the best striker in Italy, but he won't be able to play all the single matches. And if he doesn't play, then Cancellieri will play. He's not a number nine, so that's a concern. Um, in defence, we have Gila, who is very young, but I don't know if he's ready to play. Uh, Patrick, it's 
hit and miss. Uh, Casale has to adapt to, to Sarri. So I think we did a lot of good things, but we are not ready to win this year. I think two or three years will be a very interesting team if we keep everything. But, I mean, this was a very dangerous summer, so I'm happy what Lazio did. But, you know, I didn't expect Roma doing all those signing. So I was hoping Roma would have been the same of last year, pretty much. Uh, otherwise, I would have said Lazio would be fighting for the fourth spot. Now I think Lazio could finish fifth, even though I expect Napoli to do something. I cannot believe Napoli selling Koulibaly, uh, Mertens, Insigne, and not signing anybody. I cannot believe that. So at the moment, Lazio is the fifth in the, in the table, but I think Napoli will sign players and be above. But I'm happy about the signing. Tommy, about what... the idea, the project. This is the Tommy, what's, what's your take on, on the project at Lazio? Because yeah. it's very different to what's going on at Roma, right? It's no, two yeah. different approaches. So which one do you think is going to be the most beneficial? Uh, in the long term, probably Lazio. Um, if in the short term, I would say Roma. I mean, I'm, I'm, think, I'm saying, saying maybe the obvious here. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much on this. Or we're going to be here all day, but I think Vittorio means got his spot on. And I mean, of course, he, he's the expert. But I agree. I, I do see Napoli slightly above thinking they would probably sign someone like, I don't know, Barak or Raspadori or, or maybe Dolofeo, although um, that doesn't look likely anymore. But signing a couple of players, they're only a couple of players away from being a step ahead to Lazio, in my opinion. So, yeah, if you ask me today, probably fifth. But considering what I think Napoli will do, then probably uh, in that case, I'll put them sixth as well. So. Okay, yeah. let, let, let's stick with Napoli then. Um, Tommy, just quickly, what do you think they're going to do? What type of thing do you think they're going to do? You don't have to give specific names, but in terms of yeah, positions, yeah. what needs addressing? What do they need to fix going into the new season? Well, Napoli is an interesting position because uh, they had this period this, um, this period when they achieved uh, quite, I mean, quite a lot for, for the potential. They won a couple of trophies. Uh, if I'm not wrong, they never win the Scudetto, of course, which was their, their, their goal. Um, but it looks like that came to an end. So, uh, and this summer, it, it, it's kind of happening all at the same time. So a lot of those players from that generation left. So Insigne, um, uh, Mertens, Koulibaly, now it looks like Fabian Ruiz as well. So they are basically freshening up the squad and starting a new period. And when you do that, uh, you know, it's 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 of course it, it's normal. They're gonna they might struggle at the beginning, but if you think about it, they got young players from 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 lower leagues. But that's that's the same they did. Mertens came from from the Dutch league, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, and Koulibaly came from the Belgian league. So they are phenomenal players that achieved so much that they've been among the best in their position the last few years. But there were also players that came a bit young uh, and then from from lower leagues. So they're doing the same now. Kim Minjai came in defense for Kulbali, coming from the Turkish league. Um, Kravastelia came from the Russian league. Uh, and it looks like it's a very, very interesting player that uh, will fill up, uh, up Insigne's shoes very well, but what he, what he showed in preseason. So, you know what? I feel like they're doing well. Um, again, it's normal they're going to struggle at the beginning because these are uh, young players. They come from different league. They will need time to adapt. But that's what you've got to do when you hit a spot where you kind of have to make a change and, and change some players from the old generation to a new one. Uh, so the, uh, if Fabian Ruiz is going, which it looks likely, they definitely need someone. 
to, to replace him. I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Anthony Barak, although he's not exactly the same player, but I feel like he could do very well. Uh, Raspadori could be very important to, to replace Mertens. Um, and, um, and yeah, so again, they will struggle a little bit, but I feel like in the long term, they'll be a, a good team. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when you go to these through these transitional periods, you you kind of want to see it coming and you kind of want to get ahead of it and sort of manage it as best as you can. And it doesn't really feel like Napoli have done that. It feels as though it's going to be a really sort of rough break from the old to the new. And so it, they're a really interesting prospect this season because we don't know uh, what they're going to be like. Ale, what's your take on, on Napoli? And um, do you agree that they're slightly ahead of, of Lazio, even if they or if they do the business that we maybe expect them to do? I mean, if in 10 days they sign uh, Barak and Raspadori, they're adding quality to, to their roster. And we need to see how they adapt to Spalletti's philosophy. Obviously, uh, with a rude switch, no? because Napoli were competing for the title two seasons ago. Uh, they, they they couldn't reach the top. They they were were close, and if we want to talk about excuses, uh, they never won the scudetto, and they lost a scudetto in in a hotel, as as the manager said. And it was sorry. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. And um, so it's it's weird. Uh, I I like Spalletti. He probably prefers to work with the youngster than than uh, top players. So we need to see if he can uh, work with Raspadori. I, I believe I believe they at, at the end of the transfer window, they will have Raspadori and they will play with Raspadori behind Ozyman. So they're adding some goals and some quality. But they've lost Insigne, was a leader. They've lost Mertens. is a legend in Napoli for the city, for the fans, for everybody. Uh, they lost Koulibaly. So, uh, at, at the moment, I would say Lazio uh, replaced it better. And I, I would say they, they've added quality to the original squad from last season. Napoli lost uh, a, 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 a big a big, uh, big player. So, uh, I, I put Lazio ahead. Interesting. Uh, Vittorio, on Napoli? One thing we didn't mention is they need to sign a goalkeeper because Meret is terrible. They they, they are close to sign Kepa or, Na, or Navas, but you know that that's another important thing. They had Ospina last year who played really well. Uh, Meret has proven to not be able to play at that level, so that's a problem. Um, one thing Tommy said: they won a lot. They didn't win nothing in Europe, and that's embarrassing. A club like Napoli. With the players, Napoli. I say a lot. They want a bit. Well, well, I, I think, and this is an issue. I think Italian clubs should play the Europe League with the idea of winning it. And Napoli yeah, had the chance and never did it. They simply didn't want to win it. They had the chance. So this is something very wrong that Napoli did, and they can't. They came to this summer completely unprepared. I think you should have maybe selling senior last year or last year Koulibaly, this year Insigne, because changing so many players altogether is going to be a nightmare. Uh, they signed Kim, that was linked with Lazio last year. So, you know, one a defender coming from Turkey, I'm not sure it's going to be Koulibaly level. Then maybe I'm wrong, but 
I don't think they're doing their things the right way. But if they sign Raspadori, if they sign someone else, Barak, I love Barak. I was hoping he would go to Lazio. So there's still plenty of time, unfortunately, for them to recover. Uh, and they should have a lot of money to do it. So, uh, But it's not going to be easy. And this season is going to be very different. Let's not forget that from now till November, they're going to play every three days. And then there's going to be the break. So those three months this year are going to be key for the season. It's not going to be like last year where everything is going to be decided after February. This year, probably in November, you already know pretty much what's going to happen. So Spalletti is in a tough situation. And if I was him, I wouldn't be very happy at all. Interesting stuff. Okay. I think that brings us to the end of uh, today's edition of Simply Serie A. We've had a look at uh, the uh, big six sides. Uh, we, we did didn't talk, talk about Fiorentina. We didn't, but we have run out of time. So we will, I promise, uh, talk about Fiorentina at length on the next episode. We'll be back next Monday uh, to discuss the first round of fixtures. I don't know about you guys. I like all the preview talk. I like all the transfer talk, but there's nothing like looking back on actual football. So thank God uh, we're going to have that to speak about next week. Don't forget to leave uh, a like. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. Leave us a review if you haven't done so already. It really, really does help. And we're going to be back bringing you weekly content here on Simply Seria. Follow the guys too. The links to their social media are in the description. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.